Welcome to Illinois Family Spotlight, a conversation about issues of the day from a biblical perspective, as well as highlights from interviews, conferences, and events. Here's Monty Larrick. Thanks for making Illinois Family Spotlight part of your day. After a one-year COVID-related pause, a nativity scene is once again on display in the State Capitol Building Rotunda. Julie Zanoza, Beth Rogers, Bernie Lutchman, and fellow members of the Springfield Nativity Scene Committee coordinate the privately funded crash display and special observance celebrating the birth of Jesus Christ. This year, the committee welcomed as the keynote speaker the Most Reverend Thomas John Paprocki, the Bishop of the Springfield Diocese. My fellow citizens of Illinois and my brothers and sisters in Christ, it is good for us to be here for this blessing of the annual Nativity Crash display at the State Capitol Rotunda in Springfield, exercising our constitutionally protected free exercise of our religious faith in the public square. I commend the Springfield Nativity Scene Committee for their diligence in protecting our right to the public expression of this privately funded display, honoring the birth of Jesus Christ, whose birth we honor on Christmas Day and throughout the Christmas season. It is fitting that the display of the creche and manger is placed here in the rotunda of our state capitol because Christ was born over 2,000 years ago, not in a house of worship, a holy temple, or some sacred shrine, but among the people and the ordinary circumstances of the everyday life of the poor. Similarly, the state capitol is not a house of worship, a holy temple, or some sacred shrine, but the seat of government that regulates the affairs of people in the ordinary circumstances of their everyday lives. This representation of the birth of Jesus here in this secular place is a reminder that Jesus was born in the midst of a sinful world precisely to save us from our sinfulness. Just as our Lord and Savior came into this world 2,000 years ago to conquer sin and death, we who are his disciples must bring Christ into a world beset by evil, and in particular into this state capital, where much evil has been perpetrated in recent years. In 2013, Governor Pat Quinn signed the bill passed by the Illinois General Assembly redefining marriage in contradiction of God's plan for man and woman. In 2017, Governor Bruce Rauner signed the bill passed by the Illinois General Assembly that provided for taxpayer funding of abortion. In 2019, Governor J.B. Pritzker signed the bill passed by the Illinois General Assembly that purports to declare abortion to be a fundamental right, while also declaring that an unborn baby does not have independent rights under the laws of this state. Illinois legislators voted to repeal the parental notification of abortion law. That measure now awaits action by the governor. I urge Governor Pritzker to veto this legislation, which not only attacks the right to life of the unborn, but attacks the rights of parents. <laughs> governor Pritzker often tells people to follow the science. In this case, I urge you, Governor Pritzker, to follow the science. And the science is clear. 
that human life begins at conception. The United States Supreme Court will hear oral arguments in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization regarding Mississippi's law that prohibits nearly all abortions after 15 weeks of conception. The law specifically identifies the state's interest in protecting the life of the unborn. It notes that between the fifth and sixth weeks following conception, the unborn child's heart begins beating. In approximately the eighth week, the child begins to move about in the womb. At nine weeks, all basic physiological functions are present, along with teeth, eyes, and genitals. At 10 weeks, vital organs begin to function. At the 11th week, the diaphragm is developing, and the child begins moving freely in the womb. By the 12th week, the unborn child can open and close his or her fingers starts to make sucking motions and senses stimulation from the world outside the womb, having taken on the human form in all relevant aspects. Given these evils that have taken place in this building, we are reminded that our secular world still needs the salvation that the birth of our Savior offers to every human being. It must also be said that satanic displays should have no place in this capital or any other place. The First Amendment of the United States Constitution protects the free exercise of religion, but Satan worship is not a religion. The word religion comes from the Latin word religo, which means to bind together. True religion binds people to God and to each other in faith. The devil seeks to divide, not to unite, and the only thing that Satan worship binds its adherence to is the evil one. We know that what is good is not sinful, and what is sinful is not good. Authentic love, then, never encourages sin or leads a person further into sin, but seeks instead to help him to live a holy life. Love seeks to lead her further away from sin and closer to the truth. We also know that the truth is not a thing, but a person. Christ Jesus tells us, I am the way and the truth and the life. The one who truly loves seeks always to lead the one who is loved always closer to Jesus Christ, to him who is not only the good shepherd, but is, as St. Thomas Aquinas teaches us, goodness itself. Love then does not tolerate sinful desires and activities, but seeks to root them out because it does not rejoice over wrongdoing, but rejoices in the truth. The Venerable Archbishop Fulton J. Sheen put it this way, Christian love bears evil, but it does not tolerate it. The cry for tolerance never induces it to quench its hatred of the evil philosophies that have entered into contest with the truth. It forgives the sinner and it hates the sin. Real love involves real hatred. Whoever has lost the power of moral indignation and the urge to drive the buyers and sellers from the temples has also lost a living, fervent love of the truth. Charity, then, is not a mild philosophy of live and let live. It is not a species of sloppy sentiment. Charity is the infusion of the Spirit of God, which makes us love the beautiful and hate the morally ugly. 
When the church teaches and proclaims what is moral and what is immoral, what is holy and what is sinful, what is right and what is wrong, what is just and what is unjust, she is met with opposition. Evil never likes to be called out for what it is. Yet in the face of such opposition, the church continues to speak the truth because love endures all things, because she does not teach her mere opinion, but the truth she has received from Jesus Christ. Because it comes from the Lord and not from men, the church can neither depart from the gospel nor alter it to suit modern desires. As we approach the celebration of our Savior's birth, may this Christmas crash in our state capital help us through God's grace to drive out evil from our midst and help us all to grow closer to the one who is the incarnation of love, the one who is goodness itself. May God give us this grace. Amen. The Most Reverend Thomas John Paprocki, the Bishop of the Springfield Diocese, during the annual Nativity Display and Christmas Observance in the State Capitol Building Rotunda in Springfield. Now, after time out, Attorney Tom Brecka, the founder of the Thomas More Society, will comment on the Rotunda Nativity Display, vaccinations, and abortion. Is Christmas a pagan holiday? For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Last week, we received a note from a listener concerned about the pagan roots of the Christmas holiday. It's something you hear about a lot this time of year, that Christians quote-unquote borrowed lumber from pagans in order to build the traditions of Christmas. Oftentimes, critics point to things like the Christmas tree, the alignment of Jesus' birth with the Egyptian god Horus, and a Christian culture war against the practice of Saturnalia. A lot of these arguments gain traction in a documentary called Religious by liberal critic Bill Maher. To address this and many other questions, Shane Morris invited Dr. Glenn Sunshine to the Upstream podcast. The two unpack the historical roots of the church embracing December 25th for the Christmas holiday. And they talk about what it means to quote unquote, spoil the Egyptians, as St. Augustine put it. And they lay a Christian worldview foundation for the celebration of Christmas. Listen to this deep dive into the Christmas holiday on Shane's podcast, Upstream. Or you can watch our What Would You Say video, Is Christmas a Pagan Holiday, by going to What Would You Say? Org. That's what would you say.org. For the Colson Center, I'm John Stone Street with The Point. Thanks for joining Illinois Family Spotlight. With me is Tom Brecka, the founder and counsel for the Thomas More Society based in Chicago. Tom, the Nativity Scene Committee has been putting up nativity display and the state capitol rotunda now for 13 years. Why is it so important to display this nativity scene in the halls of our state government? Well, Monty, it's the greatest story ever told. Uh, nativity was the beginning of it. So much uh, uh, in that message, uh, you know, people need to hear, especially those who are our governors or have some role in the legislative process here in Illinois. It's a message of humility, truth, uh, love, uh, the centrality of the family. This is the holy family. Uh, and the idea of uh, God coming down to uh, take human form. Uh, what better 
message is there about the inviolable dignity and worth of each and every human being, uh, no matter how humble the circumstances. So yes, that message not only needs to be uh, publicized, uh, preached, uh, but uh, uh, it should be uh, screamed to the treetops, in my humble opinion. And that's essentially what we've done here uh, by uh, putting this nativity at the seat of government where political rallies are held. And if you can get on your soapbox and spout your politics, you have a constitutional right under the First Amendment to uh, proclaim your religious faith in the same terms. And that's the reason we're here. You're in the halls of state government. What message should this send to our lawmakers, to the governor? Well, I think they, you know, we're a representative democracy. At least that's the theory, uh, the principle of it. And maybe they uh, are sensitive to our message, but we want them to at least hear it. And we would hope uh, to our utmost that they'll respond to it. Uh, as they have, I think, for the last couple hundred years, uh, and uh, not always imperfectly, not always perfectly, uh, but uh, there is the aspiration, the hope, the idealism that's a good part of our pride in this country. And uh, it may not be perfect, but it's the best uh, we we've, we've got as a human race. And so let's be proud of it and uh, uh, bring out its best elements. Tom, a lot of communities don't have nativity displays in a public forum. If someone would like to see a nativity display in their community, uh, what actions should they take? Well, Monty, there are some requisites. The premise would be uh, that there is a traditional public forum, uh, that is, that citizens normally or ordinarily or on more or less, more or less regular basis uh, band together in those places and uh, uh, advocate for public policy that would uh, render it a traditional uh, forum uh, but the government may designate it as a forum as well if uh, uh, people are allowed to demonstrate and they do demonstrate here in the rotunda of our Illinois State Capitol routinely and regularly most recently when the uh, pro-abortion uh, folks were here advocating for repeal of the parental notice law, well, if they can advocate their politics, then we can come here and advocate our religious values. Uh, that's uh, non-discrimination is a principle behind the First Amendment. Well, that's a big thing. We're not only talking about f free exercise of religion, but this is a free speech matter as well. Uh, exactly, the First Amendment uh, uh, includes both religion and free speech. Uh, within the same amendment, and they are kindred uh, values. They go together. Uh, religious faith not uh, must not only be believed, it must be preached. Uh, that's the whole idea, to spread the truth among our fellow citizens. Now, along with this nativity display, unfortunately, uh, there's a satanic symbol here and a Freedom From Religion Foundation message. What are your thoughts about that? Uh, does that take away from this message of Christmas? Well, it's antithetical to the message. Uh, it's uh, the opposite message. Uh, it's a message of uh, negation, of uh, disintegration, of death, uh, destruction, uh, and evil. Bishop Tom Paprocki was here 
uh, speaking at our unveiling ceremony, if, uh, you know, as he pointed out, uh, there is no positive truth behind the satanic uh, images. Uh, it's, it's a celebration of falsehood and evil. So uh, I don't think it belongs here, but uh, you know, the First Amendment says you can't discriminate against a message. And I think uh, their message of negation underscores and empowers, adds to our message, which is a positive, uh, redemptive uh, message of love and human dignity. So I think uh, if they're here, so be it. Our message offsets all that, doesn't it? Mr. Breck of the Thomas More Society getting a lot of phone calls about vaccination mandates. What are you telling the folks who are calling in? Well, we're telling them we'll do the best we can to help them. We, you have to make a request for reasonable accommodation of your religious uh, faith if, in fact, your objection is religion-based. And, uh, you know, uh, you have to explain that you're sincere in your religious objection and uh, engage, be willing to engage in an interactive process with the employer to see if uh, something reasonable can be worked out. Uh, we try and help people frame their appeal. Uh, this is, a lot of it is on our website, www.thomasmoresociety.org, about uh, things to say or not say. We, you, you don't want to be stiff-necked about it. You want to be uh, rational, reasonable, and engage in this interactive process. and. Uh, Many employers are backing off, but many are not. Uh, it's a tough situation. Has the federal government and our state government, Governor Pritzker, overstepped their authority concerning mandates? Well, we think so. Uh, we think that uh, it's an individual uh, decision on what you put in your body. And uh, on the other hand, uh, the religious rationale is one that uh, government is insulting and uh, demeaning and uh, that's constitutionally based so you know we hope that we'll have uh, success in the courts meanwhile some people are losing their jobs so it's a very difficult situation now the Supreme Court is considering a Mississippi law that some legal experts are suggesting could overturn Roe versus Wade the thought is that uh, abortion could be headed back to the states could there be some type of middle ground? And what would that look like? Well, we thought the statute itself allows abortion up to the time a heartbeat can be detected. So there's a compromise in the law uh, that's before the Supreme Court. Uh, so, yes, the Supreme Court is under a lot of pressure. Uh, Chief Justice Roberts seems especially sensitive to threats to add justices and uh, therefore outnumber the six to three so-called pro-life majority, whether there is a solid majority remains to be seen. So we're hoping and praying for the best outcome. We'll learn something from the argument, but even so, we've got to wait for the result. That the, may not come until next June. In the meantime, we have to be praying about this, don't we? Prayer is uh, more essential in this issue than perhaps any other that could be imagined. Now, the Federal Health and Human Services Administration is making plans for a new rule to mandate health care providers comply with abortion and gender transition agendas with no religious exemptions. The lack of religious exemption is 
offensive uh, to any person of faith. Uh, it's also antithetical to the uh, very First Amendment to our Constitution, which protects the uh, free exercise of religious faith, and uh, we think that those efforts will be rebuffed. Uh, but that's not saying it'll happen easily. We've got to bring the matter to the courts. I think uh, we'll be successful, whether it's a private litigation uh, by uh, a group like ours or whether it's uh, litigation by uh, attorneys general from conservative states, we'll find out soon enough. How can people connect with Thomas More Society? Well, check our website, www.thomasmoresociety.org. Contact us. Uh, we have uh, an intake process for people with inquiries or cases uh, that they want to bring to our attention, and we'll do our best to respond. Tom Brecka, thank you so much for your work. Thank you for founding the Thomas More Society. Lord knows we need you in times like these. Well, we need you too, and the Illinois Family Institute, Monty, so thank you very much. Right. The message has to get out, otherwise uh, it'll be ineffective. Please take advantage of a special opportunity to support the work of the Illinois Family Institute by helping us reach our $300,000 fundraising goal by the end of the year. Thanks to generous supporters, your tax-deductible donation will be matched dollar for dollar up to $150,000 before December 31st. The match doubles your gift, so a $50 donation becomes $100, a $1,000 contribution, $2,000, and so on. So if you'd like to give, go to IllinoisFamily.org or call IFI at 708 781 9328. But please do so before December 31st. 708-781-9328. The website, IllinoisFamily.org. And please tell your family and friends about Illinois Family Spotlight. Until next time, stay healthy, stay active, and Merry Christmas. For more information about Illinois Family Spotlight, visit IFIAction.org. And to email questions and comments, do so at feedback at ifiaction.org.